Welcome to Security Nation, the podcast that connects everyone in the electronic security and life safety industry. We bring on security pros to discuss the latest industry happenings, new technology, best practices, and work together with our peers to be the ever-present voice in an ever-changing industry. I'd like to introduce this episode's guest. We have Elizabeth Parks, President and Chief Marketing Officer at Parks Associates, a market research firm with a special focus on security. Thanks for joining us today, Elizabeth. Thanks, Hannah. Always appreciate the invitation. Absolutely. So we usually like to start the podcast off by kind of giving our listeners a little bit of background on our guests. So um, if you may, could you tell our listeners a little bit about your story and how you got involved in the industry? Sure. Uh, Parks Associates is a pretty traditional market research and consulting company. My mom founded the business in 1987. So we are in our 37th and almost a half uh, years of doing business. Back then, uh, my mom was really looking at the impact of computing on consumers' lives. And so uh, back in the day, this was when the PC was just getting going. And one of the things that she was looking at was the adoption of the personal computer um, in households, which was one of the things that IBM said they were gonna do is make sure there was a PC in every house. Uh, she started the business doing consumer research and had a focus in on the technologies, uh, particularly in the home automation and home control side of, mm. of the business. So back then we were talking about X10 and CBUS and on and off types of control capabilities. Uh, the home security space, of course, fit in very nicely within home controls and home automation. And so that also became a core part of uh, what we were doing our research work in uh, on those areas. And since then we have been able to expand our business as the industries and technologies have advanced. We are serving 10,000 internet households quarterly in the United States, tracking the adoption and use and perceptions of virtually any connected technology or service that is in the home. And in addition, we are also looking at the different channels and the industry to best understand where different companies sit within their positions in the ecosystems and where they're advancing for uh, future growth, and I'd say our specialty is in the reliable data and insights that we have collected over decades to, to track all these different technologies. And certainly the home security space is a sweet spot for us. We love the security industry. We are a small second generation family owned business. And so we can definitely relate to a lot of the security dealers out there in terms right. of that small business operations mindset. And so, of course, appreciate the invitation to join and share some of our research work with your audience. Awesome, awesome. So yeah, one of the reasons I wanted to bring you on is uh, recently Parks Associates did a industry trends research report with the Electronic Security Association. And I kind of wanted to go over some of those trends here on the podcast um, in a little bit more depth. Um, so we have the first trend that's featured in this report um, as raising rates. And that's kind of considered the top trend according to the research report. Would you be able to dive into that a little bit? 
Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so our data and tracking is showing that five of the top 12 major security providers have all increased their uh, rates here recently at an average of $12 a month as an increase, wow. uh, which is which is quite a hike. And, and that's helping uh, get the revenues looking pretty good in terms of that ability to to grow revenue. At mm. the same time, um, of course, these raised rates, uh, a lot of the reason behind that is because the costs have increased as well as a result of a lot of different factors, um, particularly supply chain constraints, the cost of labor, the cost of gas, the cost of everything practically, mm -hmm. uh, and the um, perhaps the ability to get the right kind of staffing, you know, um, just getting staff is also an issue as well. No, 100%. I think that's something that's not just affecting our industry, but just industries across the board, the inflation and the workforce issue is definitely top of mind these days. Yeah, and it's something also I think that we've seen where the costs uh, in some ways for fees were, were leveling out a little bit mm -hmm. uh, because hardware was getting pretty cheap and there's a, a lot of new uh, hardware products in the market to choose from, but because of the way the pandemic is is playing out, that is changing everybody's view of their their bottom line PNL, and um, of course, that's playing into some of the rates that they might be offering. Absolutely. So, looking here at the report, it looks like the second trend that we have is home security for the multi dwelling unit market. Could you dive into that? Yeah, that's a really big area that I think uh, a lot of players are looking at even beyond the access control and security space. The yep. uh, multifamily or the MDU market really consists of uh, tens of thousands of buildings that could be um, including a lot of these different solutions in many different ways, including in the units, as well as um, the access control for uh, the apartment building. And these are apartments, townhomes, condos, and of course, span luxury all the way down to, um, you know, housing that might be supported by the government. So right. um, this is a really big area of growth that uh, the security players are also looking at because of the extension of services that come with that demand of understanding who is coming in and out of a building um, and if you think of the control um, access points um, in an apartment or a condo type setting, there's a lot of different types of people who might be needing access to the building, even besides a resident. It could certainly be the resident's friends or family, or it could be deliveries, it could be maintenance, it could be realtor uh, leasing agents. Uh, and so the access control systems are a really uh, big value that I think that uh, multifamily space will be looking at integrating into some of their existing software systems for property management. Um, a lot of money is getting invested in this area right now, and we've seen that playing out the last couple of years, particularly with the SPAC investments that frankly didn't actually go that well. Mm -hmm. And I think one of the reasons why they didn't go that well is a lot to do with the amount of time it takes for 
these types of technology solutions to really get integrated into uh, a new build, certainly, you know, if you're going to go start uh, from the ground up or even retrofitting. Um, and so um, despite some of those uh, might be seen as failures with that ability to get the ROI back in you know, 24 months or whatever uh, the numbers were, um, we still think that this is just a, the a very early stages of a huge growth opportunity for all technology players and everybody from energy to, I mean, even like pet services, right? I mean, right. there's people who want their dog walked and um, I mean, there, there's a lot of different applications and use cases that can come up and the security players and the dealers have an opportunity. Um, it, it is a little complicated, but uh, I think that's, that's a, a big area everybody is looking at. Exactly. Like uh, in addition to that, there's you know, prop tech and there's managed internet and is the apartment or buildings for elderly, which could get into all different kinds of things that you could include um, besides just uh, access control or security. Um, I think that's what makes it so interesting is just how dynamic the MDU market can be. Yeah, I, I, in complete agreement, there are a lot of different aspects and there's a lot of different types of places to live that are serving different types of people. Yep. And even if you look at regions, you know, of course, somebody in Florida is going to have different needs than, you know, somebody in Maine. Um, right. And so the customization as well is a challenge. And I think that will take some time to, to play out. You brought up another really big point, though, on the bulk Internet services. And so maybe mm -hmm. we can just touch on this because I think they absolutely can be a tie into the, the security players. Um, having that internet connectivity built into the offering when somebody is moving into a building is what the broadband providers are uh, trying to do. And that creates an environment where the security and control solutions can work a lot better um, and can advance services a lot uh, further. And so, you know, really paying attention what's to what the broadband and ISPs are doing, um, I think is uh, important for the timing of when security players are making a decision of when they're jumping in. Because if connectivity isn't in place, you know, the reliability of products is a problem. Right. And so that's, that's something that really has to be um, looked at closely as you, you know, working with partnerships and, you know, all these different companies all of a sudden have to work together and, you know, connectivity is paramount, we know, um, to to that overall experience, whether you're the resident in your apartment or whether you're a property manager relying on the connectivity of the, the systems in place. A hundred percent. Thank you for touching on that point a little bit more. Um, <clears throat> just to take a little bit of the next, let's see, I have the next trend here, sorry. Sometimes the computer screen likes to wig out. <laughs> the next, next trend that I have <laughs> is uh, manufacturers continue to innovate video and deterrence solutions as this third trend. So would you be able to touch on that a little bit next? Yeah, so this uh, area of around video analytics and advanced video capabilities that are enabled by AI AI is the buzzword, you know, mm -hmm. and, and then perhaps machine learning as well uh, is a really big area of growth. And 
it, it's there's high demand on the consumer side for video uh, networked cameras and um, video doorbells. And these uh, products have the cameras in them that can, because of the AI, they can do all sorts of different things mm -hmm. in terms of understanding the context of what's going on. Um, this is huge implications actually for professional monitoring and first responders and uh, the, the ability to respond quick, as quickly as possible and with the most relevant information available. And I think one of the, um, the areas where I think can, you can easily understand this is if you think of a school setting. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we know there's a lot of problems with, you know, shootings in schools and what's going on. And if, if for instance, you're able to tell how many uh, students are in the building still, are out of the building, where are the students in the building, uh, all of this provides context for somebody responding to a situation like that. And maybe it's a false alarm. And there doesn't need to be the police with all guns blazing, which creates a traumatic situation for everybody if it is a false alarm. And so there's the, the, the details of technology being incorporated into the environment are going to have a huge impact in so many other ways. And, and that really plays into all public safety. Uh, also, consumers are willing to pay for these extra video feeds. And sometimes it can be by camera. You know, you're, you're paying $1.99 a camera, and mm -hmm. then you're going to add on the video, the capabilities to see what's going on on the camera, and all of a sudden you might be at $9.99, dollars right. as you're, and that's where those added revenues, and you can get into monthly reoccurring revenue of $55 to $65 a month. Um, mm -hmm. So... Interactive services and, and using the devices attached to the system, I think, is a big deal. And the video side is where a lot is happening. There's other areas, too, like water leak detection and, you know, thermostats have been around uh, kind of forever and are still <laughs> around. Um, yep. But we see a lot of growth in the camera side and AI and the sensor-based um, technologies. And I think a selling point of some of the AI technology is it might be able to replace uh, the need for hiring security guards. So the added cost may, might make sense for the customer in that case. Definitely, we do think that technology uh, can <clears throat> enhance security. I mean, yeah, exactly. And that, and and there's you know, technology is not human, so there isn't going to be an error in that way. Right. Uh, but we do think that humans are important throughout the whole process. The experience. We don't think humans are going away by any means, especially technicians. I mean, that we really oh. need a lot of technicians, a lot more technicians. Than oh, yes. Know. Yes, please. <laughs> 100%. Um, and the, the fourth trend that we had is the adoption of vehicle security and solar systems. Um, so if you could touch on that a little bit. Yeah, I think this just goes along with the, the rest of the theme of, of this industry and, and pretty much all the other ones that we're covering, which is how are we going to diversify our revenues and grow? 
And if we think that the home security market is uh, somewhat saturated in the sense of all these other market factors and conditions and post-pandemic world, then there are other areas that need to be protected or can be added on to the systems. So, Mm -hmm. you know, no surprise, the car, uh, which is the most expensive thing a consumer has besides their house, usually. Um, Maybe if you have a really fancy boat, you know, your boat might beat your car. But um, And in some cases, people use their cars and put their tools in them. A lot of people do. A lot of valuable assets are put in the car, and then it is your, I mean, that's how you work. And so being able to add security to protect those assets and track them, um, I mean, for fleets and companies, this is a big deal, but also for uh, consumers who may want that added benefit of, you know, that, that level of security in vehicle. Right. Um, so that's that's a big area, I think. Um, and it's very interesting because somehow it can tie back into insurance, car insurance as well, you know, and mm-hmm. um, the risk factors there. And so that usually takes a while to play out with insurance because, you know, uh, insurance is very complicated and you have to have different scenarios and trials and proof before they're really in actuaries, all these complicated things. Um, But that will come in time once there's enough um, use in the market and that they can really prove that out. Um, So I think the vehicle side is uh, something we'll continue to see growing. Um, On the solar side, I mean, that's huge. I mean, Mm -hmm. NRG, Bob Vivint, so there's no better thing to look at than an acquisition like that. A $3 billion investment is, mm-hmm. is huge and says a lot about where energy and security are, are headed. And then if you look at what the national players are doing, you know, ADT and Brinks, right. I mean, and uh, Alarm.com, I mean, there's a lot of uh, activity around solar. And frankly, solar is a harder sell because it's real expensive or it's very expensive. It's like $30,000. It's mm-hmm. a different selling proposition. Yeah. And there's not a lot of trust right now on people selling solar because they tend to be fly by night, say whatever to get you buy- to buy it. And um, so that has some distrust in the market. Yeah. Um, but when you pair the two together, that you get a stickiness that is going to be really welcomed by both sides. So mm-hmm. a lot of solar sales fall out after somebody says, yes, I'm going to do that. Then they have 60 or 90 days to drop out mm-hmm. of the purchase. If you make the security sale with the solar sale, your attrition on that sale of solar doesn't happen like it does when it's standalone. Interesting. Okay. And so the security system, which is a much easier sell in the sense of the pricing and stuff, helps mm-hmm. keep the solar um, decision together, you know, and, and 
And so you don't lose that solar sale after you've left the house, right? I mean, that's, that's right. what happened. People start reading about it. They don't buy into it anymore. They think they're getting screwed or whatever, you know. Mm -hmm. And when you pair solar with security, who tends to be a trusted provider, yep. um, you know, out of all the different providers and who is um, offering this in a way that has financing and, you know, there's a lot of good benefits that, that the security players are going to help solar and, and vice versa, I think. Very interesting stuff. Um, I have the fifth trend in here as package theft solutions. What are some of those? Yeah, you know, this is a pretty interesting one because the, all these lock boxes kind of have came up and um, ever since uh, e-commerce has just, you know, gotten to be a, a lot of the way people buy, buy mm -hmm. things. And then the pandemic, you know, everybody was going crazy buying stuff at <laughs> home and, and um, so this lock box idea is a big one. Um, and I think getting some traction, however, those have their own sets of problems. Um, so from the big picture, it's, we have all these packages getting delivered. What are we supposed to do with them? And how can we accommodate people to get them in their home so they don't get stolen, which is also a big problem. And the lockbox solution was one of the early ones, but I think it's getting more about getting into the home and getting that in-home delivery, in-garage delivery, if you don't want somebody in your home. Right. Um, and that service attached to it. So a lot has to happen with, with integration and deliveries and, and how that all works, but the volume of products being delivered at home and stolen is a lot. Mm -hmm. And so consumers want solutions even beyond just a box. Cause then you got the size of the box. What if it's not yeah. big enough, then what do you do? I mean, exactly. Um, so that's a big area where we think it's going to continue because e-commerce is, is going to continue being, you know, one of the main ways that, that, people are buying their products and services. And so particularly like multifamily, it's a big problem, right? And yep. all that, all those packages. Exactly. Now there's definitely an increased need there. Um, well, I think that was all of the trends. I think that was brilliant. Thanks for covering all of that. Was there any other things that you would like to hit on before we kind of move on to the next questions that I have here? No, I don't think so. I mean, I think that uh, the security uh, industry continues to be in a good position to, you know, deliver these um, advanced technology solutions. And, uh, you know, it's a little bit of a tough market right now. Everything is post-pandemic because yeah. it's, 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 nobody's been here before and looking at the way things have gone. So, but I do think that there's a lot of growth to come and, an expectation to provide good technology. I mean, people, people expect it these days. A hundred percent. Um, and I'll just let our listeners know the full research report can be found on ESA's website. Um, the report is called five top residential security trends to watch in 2023 for this year. Um, and there you can actually have some numbers and stats and more of a breakdown of some of the things that we discussed here today. 
Um, so one thing I wanted to go over, uh, we have the Electronic Security Expo in Louisville, Kentucky this June, and you're actually going to be moderating two of the educational sessions there. Um, would you be able to give kind of a highlight or a debrief on those two topics and maybe some of the points that will be covered for the attendees there? Yeah, absolutely. So um, I appreciate the invitation to uh, join ESX and, and also support the show in different ways. So one of those is to uh, host and help moderate two sessions, one that's focused on the opportunity in the multifamily space. And we'll be talking about, um, you know, prop tech, but that's, that's really a big term and, and another big buzzword. And so what does that really mean? Right. What are properties looking for? What's the size of the market? How do dealers view the market and be able to play in it and the required investments? Um, and then we're also going to be hosting a session specific to PERS. So within hmm. our research work, we also spend a lot of time uh, understanding the health side of consumer and consumers' lifestyles. And as people are getting older, these, uh, you know, personal emergency response systems have always played a, a role in that mix. And there's a lot of new form factors, a lot of need and demand as our, you know, older population continues to, to grow and grow. And so, um, we'll be talking a little bit about some of the differences in the services, um, how this type of technology is extending well beyond seniors and into other areas like, let's say, remote workers or mm -hmm. in our data, we've seen a huge increase in, um, you know, 24 to 34-year-old women in urban settings, right? They're going to buy their PERS devices because they're walking around the city by themselves, perhaps. Um, so there's new um, marketing that, that can be done for this new demand that we see coming um, from some of the research we have. And then, of course, a lot of this is about the reoccurring revenue. And so what's right. that opportunity if you're going to look to the purse market as a growth area? Yeah, that's something that's... Um... I think especially exciting about ESX this year is that we have a lot of our educational programming focusing on RMR. I think it's going to be the most um, educational event um, for RMR specifically. We have so many sessions with that focus. Well, that's certainly what it's all about. And as, <laughs> uh, as companies are looking to grow their business, that uh, adding revenue on top of your, your base is... Uh, can be a really big impact on the bottom line. A hundred percent. So yeah, I'm personally really excited to attend these education sessions. Again, it's gonna be uh, ESX in June. Uh, the multifamily session is going to be on Wednesday, June 7th. And then it looks like the uh, PERS education session is going to be on Tuesday, June 6th. Um, so anyone who's listening, who is interested in attending these sessions moderated by Elizabeth, um, can go ahead and register for ESX, um, and you'll need either the deluxe pass type or the executive pass type to be able to attend these educational programming sessions. Um, moving on a little bit, um, and kind of a change of pace, 
Uh, so we've kind of mentioned a lot of different industry challenges that we're facing. Um, but in your opinion, what do you think is uh, the current biggest challenge? And uh, what do you think the Electronic Security Association's role is in addressing that challenge? Uh, well, the, the security dealers that we are surveying, so we do an annual study of security dealers, tell us that their uh, biggest inhibitor right now to growth is staffing. Mm -hmm. and supply chain issues. Um, but the staffing one, I think, is always been at the top and it's become even more at the top. And so that's that's something where I do think ESA can, and, and the other associations can play a great role in terms of educating uh, the general population as to the opportunity of being a security technician and really the IT player of the home mm -hmm. and the security industry sits at the security service side, but that's really expanding into much more. I mean, even the traditional players, you know, they don't even want to call themselves security. They want to be the smart home or the smart right. home or however they might describe it, you know, that they're well beyond just security. And so that, that really becomes the, the IT, um, component of service for a consumer. So I do think um, there are uh, lots and lots of opportunities in that area and trying to explain to people, you know, to get into that as a career um, is something we need to continue working at. You know, these uh, players in the home, electricians and plumbers, and I mean, they, they play they have skills and they're playing a great role in terms of getting the products in the home. And so the manufacturers have an incredibly vested interest in um, this base, this group of te uh, technicians that are, that are getting their products uh, and delivering services. So I think continuing to make sure manufacturers and, and dealers are coming together. I mean, ESA does a great job with all your initiatives and mm -hmm. I know there's lots of different associations that are contributing as well. And we hope uh, with our contribution that we're helping with some of the research and demand and, and forecast that's, that's reliable view of the market. Oh yeah. I mean, the research sure helps. The knowledge is power. <laughs> Yeah, knowing these trends and, and things to look out for uh, definitely gives us more tools in our wheelhouse in addressing these challenges. So I think we're actually at about time. Uh, so I just want to thank you for coming on the podcast today, Elizabeth. Is there anything else that you'd like to mention or feature or um, any way that maybe you'd like people to reach out to you if they have any questions? Well, I'm really active on LinkedIn and Twitter. I think I'm probably more active on LinkedIn. We have several different newsletters uh, at Parks Associates, a connected consumer newsletter that I put out regularly. And uh, from Parks, we have Parks Points. So those are you know free educational. Also, I'd love to get connected with anybody. So feel free to reach out to me and then um, you know, we'll be at ESA and, and happy to, to meet up with anybody if they'd like to share what they're working on. Fantastic. Thanks again for coming on the Security Nation podcast. And thank you listeners who tuned in. Make sure to subscribe. We're on all podcasting platforms and the full video version of our episodes are available on YouTube. 
And if you're curious about how ESA membership can power your business, please visit our website at esaweb.org and schedule a discovery call with one of our awesome membership team members there. And have a great day, security pros.